Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about globalization. We've experienced nearly five decades of globalization. Commodities like oil, wood, and minerals have long traded globally, but manufacturing is different. The most visible signs of the globalization trend was the rise of Japanese cars in global markets in the 1970s. At the time, made in Japan was synonymous with cheap and poor quality, but the Japanese auto industry embraced the work of Edwards Deming, a graduate of Yale University, who pioneered many of the concepts that formed the foundation of modern quality management. Japanese cars came to symbolize higher quality and lower cost than the domestic counterparts. The barriers to overseas production was broken, and companies all over the world embraced the idea that the combination of low-cost labor and quality control systems would unlock the key to global competitive advantage. Years later, labor costs in Japan are too high, and many Japanese products are manufactured in lower-cost geographic areas. I'm not here to argue for or against globalization. We live in a globalized world, that is clear but we've experienced some fragility that has been built into these incredibly long and complex supply chains. We've seen major, vertically integrated companies unable to ship products to market due to disruptions in supply chains. Business has responded with the only short-term fix possible. That's to build inventory of just about everything in the entire supply chain, from raw materials to finished product. Faced with the choice of higher inventory carrying costs or being unable to ship products, company chose to build inventory. And getting products closer to the market has been part of the huge uptick in demand for warehouse and logistics space. Industrial space has seen completion of tens of millions of square feet of space and absorption has been strong throughout the pandemic. So here we are in 2022 with continued supply chain chaos. What's next? Will companies start a wave of local and domestic production? We're hearing a growing chorus of demands for increased domestic production of all kinds of manufactured goods. Whether this will happen or not remains to be seen there's still a major disparity between labor costs in the first world countries and in developing countries. Labor shortages in the U.S. and Canada in many primary and secondary markets would make expansion of manufacturing difficult and expensive. Nevertheless, we're seeing more announcements of domestic production than at any time in recent history. The increased cost and uncertainty associated with global transportation has changed the economic equation for manufacturing. That's particularly true in areas where the capital cost of manufacturing expansion is modest and the demand is acute. The UK made the nationalist move a few years ago of exiting the European Union. Nationalist movements have grown in popularity in France in recent years. And despite the pro-European win of President Macron, many native French citizens are resisting the dilution of French culture and economic position. In particular, the resisting external forces in Brussels and NATO as having a say in what they perceive as the domestic decisions inside France. We're not here to comment on whether the experiment in globalization has been successful or not. Anytime there's a change of any kind, there's going to be winners and losers. The name of the game is to pay attention to what's happening and to capitalize on the trends as they emerge. If a company is in need of long-term logistics space, can you solve that problem for them? If a company is in need of manufacturing facilities locally, can you solve that problem for them? If a major manufacturer sets up shop in town, they will probably fund their primary facility. But what else do they need? Do they need supporting businesses? Do they need services? Everything from cleaners, accountants, equipment maintenance, local transportation, corporate housing, hotels. What do they need? Do those new residents require additional services? Do they need more storage? Do they need more medical office? Do they need more car washes? 
when the line of the car wash is 45 minutes long for most of the weekend, would another car wash make sense? In a globalized world, a portion of your shopping can arrive at your doorstep, but your storage facility, your dentist, your hairstylist, your neighborhood restaurant still need to be in the neighborhood. I'm not personally a fan of investing in a town that's dominated by a single employer. If you do choose to invest in a single company town, then make sure your time horizon for your investment protects your downside risk of a reduction in production or employment locally. Anytime you're in a changing environment, that spells opportunity for those who are paying attention and have the ability to capitalize on those changes. Conversely, some ignore the changes happening in the auto industry in the 1970s, and they stayed invested in cities like Detroit, which has lost half its population since its peak of 1.4 million in the 1970s. Any change will have winners and losers. Pay attention and make sure you remain on the winning side. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.